Welcome to Real Estate Real World, where we talk to the movers, shakers, and leaders that are getting it done right now in the real estate industry and beyond. Your host is Marguerite Crispillo, and she started this podcast simply to talk to cool people about what's really happening in this crazy roller coaster ride of real estate. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and stay up to date on the newest stuff by adding yourself to the list at www.realestaterealworld.com. Now your host, Marguerite Crispillo. Hello, everybody. It's Marguerite Crespillo, your hostess of The Real Estate Real World. And today we have a very special guest. He's my first international guest, so I feel very fancy today. Uh, he lives in, wait, no, wait, wait, New Zealand? Are you in Australia? Let's see, hold on. I got to go back to the about page. So I'm excited today to have Brett Campbell here with us. He has a bazillion things that he's done, all kinds of really cool stuff. But I found him on Facebook through a friend of mine, Jeff Moore, who is just one of my favorite people in the world. And Jeff Moore runs Wild Things, which is pretty cool, all kinds of cool food they have. So welcome, Brett. Thank you very much for having me. And just to uh, close that loop there, I, uh, was, I grew up in New Zealand, but I'm currently residing in the sunny Gold Coast of Australia. And, you know, before we went on the air today, we were talking about how, like, everybody, I think, has that place on their, like, bucket list of places that they want to go. And, yeah. And I wonder how many people accomplish that bucket list. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about that in your book today, so that'll Perfect. be cool. And, and you're right. Too, so many people actually say they want to come here, and, you know, and every single day when I wake up, I look outside, I look over the, the you know, the, the coast coastline, and it's, um, you know, just a, every single day, it's amazing to to be able to live where I live, you know, and it's, it's one of those things, and I'm sure we'll talk about this concept of gratitude and, and really recognizing the beauty of where you do live and that you do have a choice, you know, like I don't live here out of luck. You know, exactly. I jumped on an airplane and had to leave another country to come and start a brand new life here, but I decided that this was where I would love to live. You know, so when I go overseas and travel around the world and go to different beaches and different places where people are like, oh, this is the most amazing place ever, I'll look at it and I'll go, okay, well, that's a nice place. You know, the California coast is nice. Yes, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. But, yeah. but the Gold Coast, that you know, it's, it's I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things, right? And you, it's good to bring back to the reality that, um, you know, and being, being grateful for where you are and what you've got, but also know that you have the opportunity and the ability to actually decide and choose upon that as well. Yeah, that's so important. And we're going to talk about that. So let me go through and read your bio real quick. So, Brett Campbell is the owner and CEO of Fit International, a global health and fitness company whose products and services have helped over 45,000 clients. And the Authority Academy, an online community for internet marketers, coaches, speakers, and small business owners. He's also the founder of Unleash Your Greatness Movement, an international live event series to help others pursue living the life of their dreams. Brett's messages reach over millions, how, let's see, over how many million people each week? A lot. Millions. Like last, millions. last week, we would have had about 40 million, but yeah, it's, it's not always that high, but we're definitely in the millions. Yeah. So just like yeah. a tiny bucket right now. <laughs> no, yeah, that's, that's right. huge. It, um, it is in comparison to the 7 billion people. So well, we, I guess we strive so. harder every week. <laughs> yeah. Help, having grown up in New Zealand, we got that straight. Brett now lives in his dream house on the beach of the Gold Coast of Australia with his lovely wife, Emily, and their two pugs, Bert and Pugsley. Mm. You got to put a picture of your rascals behind you there. Let's see, and your awesome stuff. You need a picture of them. <laughs> I do. I'll, I'll make sure <laughs> I, I put that down as a note. <laughs> so I was also checking out on Facebook because I think that this is important. You run a couple great Facebook pages, but one that interests me, of course, is one called Fit Chicks. And it's F-I-I-T, two I's, just in case you guys are looking at it. But we'll post links on our website to it as well. And what I love on there is your mission is to educate and motivate 1 million females by 2020 on how to live a healthy, active, fulfilled life. Mm. That's actually gone up now to 10 million when we said it um, <clears throat> because we got a lot of traction really quickly and have helped you know, hundreds of thousands of people already around the world. And, and that whole concept, again, of dreaming big, um, and it's something that I'm a massive advocate on. Um, but, you know, the Fit Chicks brand per se started, you know, about eight years ago pretty much around the same time when I was embarking on this new journey of self, 
right? So I come from New Zealand, as we just um, established there. And New Zealand, where I was living in a very small town, you know, it was a very low socioeconomic area. Not much was happening. There wasn't many opportunities. And I always knew with inside of myself that I was destined for something greater, but I didn't really know what it was. And I couldn't put a, you know, I couldn't put my finger on the pulse. And I had no clue on actually how to go out and find this thing. Right. You know, so for many of my years, I was, I was just doing things on what I thought I should be doing. And it got to a point where, you know, I mustered up the courage enough to jump on an aeroplane and come and start a brand new life in a, in a country that I didn't know anyone. Um, and, you know, it was from that, that moment where I had to do something, right? I, at the age of 16, I got kicked out of high school, just to put mm, some context, yeah. for speaking too much, which is ironic. <laughs> and get, That's yeah, so funny. Story. My report cards used to say the same thing, talks too much. I go, well, it worked out for me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well... I, it got to the point where I'd walk into my English class and my teacher would point to the doorway out to the hallway and she'd go, you're out there today. I'm like, what? What do you mean? <laughs> and I'd walk, I'd walk outside and there'd be a desk sitting in the hallway. <laughs> it was on. Um, That's but, awesome. You know, I, I, I got kicked out of high school, fell into a job that I knew from day one wasn't what I was meant to be doing. I'd become an apprenticeship cabinet maker. And I, I say I stayed at that job for five years too long because I knew on day one, I was like, this is not what you're meant to be doing, yeah. Brett. But I didn't have any other clue. I didn't you know, didn't have much emotional intelligence. Actually, I probably had none back then. Yeah. Um, I was just doing what I thought I'd do to try and make my mum happy. Um, and so fast forward to moving to Australia, the only other thing that I really enjoyed at the time was, you know, personal training, like working out myself. I was like, why don't I just become a personal trainer and get paid to train people? And uh, that's where that journey of the health and wellness space sort of fell in and and then it was probably oh, six to eight months into that where I met my now wife Emily um, and she was in a job that she hated she was in retail she didn't enjoy it um, you know she'd work Sundays you know we didn't get to hang out so it was, it was quite a mm, I, you know it wasn't something that really was working well in in both of our lives you know especially her yeah. she had to go and execute on it right but I got to a point where I said well what is it that you'd want to do what do you really want to do and she said, I'd love to be a trainer as well. I want to inspire and motivate women as well. And I said, cool, let's start being a trainer. Let's you know, get you through the program, all of those things. And we started a brand new brand called Fitchex. And you know, we haven't looked back since. You know, we've, we've helped over 450,000 people um, around the world. Um, we educate and motivate females on a daily basis um, for free, you know, as well as have products and services. And you know, so it's, it's, it's grown into uh, you know, something far greater than just me and Emily which is what we're really proud about. You know, so it's funny that you say that because my favorite question all the time to people, because somebody asked me this years ago, is if money was no object, what would you be doing, right? Like mm. if, if you didn't have a bunch of bills to pay and you know, all this mm. stuff and you just were to follow what you love, love, love to do, what your passion is, what mm. would that be? And I think, you, so you're, you've just come out with a book today, brand mm. new today, your book published and launched, let's see it right now it's called so wait what is it why not you and why not now and the mm. forward of course is by our good friend jeff moore who wrote an awesome yep. forward for you and i can't wait to get it i ordered one myself but it's not here yet so i'm excited to get it and we'll have I'll links carry a pigeon out to you. <laughs> we'll have uh, links and everything on how people can get that book too in our show notes and on our website but so tell us about this book like how exciting is that yeah, look, it's, it's one of those things. I just did a Facebook Live just before hopping on here. I've actually done a number of Facebook Lives over the, the past weeks, or actually the past year, to be honest. I've been, um, you know, if you haven't, if you've been following me at all for any time, you'll know that there's a book coming out, that's for sure. I've certainly certainly done my due diligence uh, and my apprenticeship in the marketing space uh, with this. But what is the book about? So basically, yeah, and it's interesting you brought up that question, that, that question before, you know, what would you do if money wasn't an object? You know, one of the questions that, that I say in the book is, you know, what would you do for free for the rest of your life if money was not an object? Okay. And I was at a point in my life where we'd built a big business, right? We, we were getting a, a massive following around the country, around the world with our FitCheck brand. You know, we were, um, it got to a point where we had you know, females from all over the country saying, when are you going to come and train us? Like when because we had our own fit chick location, some group training and they're like, when are you going to come here? When are you going to come here all over the country? And we're like, well, we can't. Yeah. 
But at the time, I was coaching and mentoring other personal trainers on how to set up and run their own business. And I thought, well, why don't I just build a franchise? Because right, that's that's what you do, you know. You wake up one morning, and go, "Hey, let's just solve the problem, build a franchise." <laughs> right. So, like that's going to be the easy that. answer. <laughs> yeah, like we we launched that, and yeah, you know, we went from one location to thirty-five in six months, and Holy like cow. things just things just blew up. Like it was just crazy, and things were going well. Right, business is great. We're serving you know, hundreds of thousands of people globally. And I got on the phone one day and I, I, I had this feeling. I, I had to ring up one of my best friends, his wife, Azri, who, when I left Australia, or when I left New Zealand, she got diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm. And she, you know that thing when you're not actually around something or you don't get to see it, it's sort of the out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. You don't really actually resonate with the severity of what it is. So as I was leaving the country, she just found out she was sick. And, um, you know, I kept in touch with them, but it just still didn't feel like it was real. Yeah. And uh, anyway, Azri went through surgery. She went through chemotherapy and she came out the other end. And, you know, life was great. She was she was a school teacher. She was helping, you know, living her passion, living her dream, which is very motivating to see as well. And uh, one day she got a headache. She went to the doctors. They did um, a brain scan just for precautionary measures. And they found out that she had brain cancer. Mm. And... This time they said it was going to be a lot harder to, to get through because, you know, brain cancer is a lot more severe. Yeah. And um, it got to a point where she was, again, back on the chemo bandwagon. She's going through therapy. She's she's coming out the other end of it. So I decided to get on the phone and just give my um, her husband a call and say, hey, look, how's it all going? Um, when's she coming home? Because I want to come over and see you guys. And he goes, oh, look, she's doing great, actually. She's on her last round. She'll be out of... Um, the hospital and she'll be home on Tuesday and this was Thursday night I was calling and um, I, uh, I said to him cool well, when should I come over then and he goes well a few weeks a couple of months whenever you want no hurry and I said okay well let me go book a ticket I'll come over in a few weeks hopped off the phone went to start booking the ticket and I was literally about to press purchase like submit my ticket and then this overwhelming feeling told me not to do it and I was like, Whoa. like it was this the most powerful feeling of intuition I've ever had in my entire life. Wow. It was almost like a forbitude come across my head and hit me. I was like, whoa, stop, stop me in my tracks. And I got back on the phone. I rang up there. I said, hey, look, I'm not going to come over in a few weeks. Um, I'm going to come over next week. He goes, oh, what do you mean next week? I said, dude, it's, it, you know, it's fine. I can come over next week. He goes, oh, that, if, if you can, if you can take time off work. And I was like, yep, sure, I'll be over there on Tuesday. And this was Thursday night, so I hopped off, booked the ticket. And um, the beautiful thing about that, you know, was obviously the ability to be able to drop whatever I was doing at the time to be able to go and do that. And, okay. you know, admittedly, I, I wanted to go and see everyone and catch up with some, and I just wanted a bit of time off as well. So I thought, you know, let's tie it all into one. So get on the plane, head over to New Zealand, arrive Tuesday night, give him a call. I said, hey, how's she going? And he goes, yep, she's good. She's at home, um, settled in. She doesn't know you're coming. So it'll be a good surprise for you tomorrow. And I was like, cool. So um, I Wednesday morning, hop in a taxi, drive around to their house. And Dara, her husband, walks down the driveway to meet me. And he just he just let me know that he goes, oh, she had a bit of a rough night last night. You know, trouble sleeping. So she's sort of in and out. And I'm like, cool, no problems. Walk inside. Now imagine a very small timber house, like made in like the 60s. So small, in fact, that the hospital bed that she had to lie on couldn't fit through the hallway so she was she was positioned in the lounge room so as soon as you walk in the, the small front door she's against one wall in this hospital bed there's a couch and a tv on the other sides of the wall and i uh, went down sat down beside her put a chair down grabbed her hand and it was like ice cold it was an ice cold hand and i was um held her for a few moments and then her eyes just opened up her eyes just you know wide and uh, i could see in her eyes like that's for that brief moment that the pain that she was going through you know just totally disappeared yeah. and she whispered the words she goes Brett thank you so much for coming three hours later she passed away in front of us and <sighs> that was the last memory that I ever had um, of my friend and I was sitting there and I went into get it done mode okay so her husband was breaking down her mother was just going hysterical and I was sitting there going, whoa, what the heck has just happened? You know, I come yeah. over here to see them and, you know, I wasn't expecting this, but I went into to get in a done mode. So I was calling all our friends. I was letting everyone know about what was happening. 
And uh, seven days later, when I was on the plane on the way home after the funeral and everything, um, I was sitting on the plane and I just burst into tears. Like I was, mm. I was literally weeping. I was sitting on the plane weeping and I'd, um, the, the air hostess come over and was like, are you okay? Is everything right? I said, yeah, look, I'm totally fine. Thank you. Um, if you can just grab me some tissues, that'd be great. <laughs> um, and I was sitting there and I didn't start bursting into tears because she'd passed away. Because I'd, I'd, I'd been grieving all week. What I really burst into tears for was when I was over in New Zealand, all my friends, the family members, people that I'd grown up with who had seen me go from this little kid who was just a rascal to now perceived as, you know, successful, running a great business, helping hundreds of thousands of people. They're like, man, you must be so stoked. You know, you're helping so many people. Life must be great. And it dawned upon me that whilst I looked successful on the outside, I didn't feel successful on the inside. And, and I felt like I was a few degrees off of what I was truly meant to be doing. And the reality of her passing away made me realize that, fuck, what if, what if this is me in six months? What if this is me in 12 months? And what if this is me next week? I mean, can I look back and say I was proud of how I lived my life? Was I proud? Like, yes, I could say, you know, most people could look at it and go, geez, Brett, don't be so ungrateful. You know, you had amazing things, yeah. nice houses, you know, you're helping people everywhere but I felt incomplete. I wasn't fulfilled, right? Happiness, fulfillment, two totally different things. And I just felt unfulfilled, unfulfilled. And, and, uh, that's, that's where I, I started thinking, going, okay, what is that thing? What's that thing that you want to be doing? What do you want to be doing? And I've known what I've wanted to do for such a long time. I just never gave myself permission to do it. Right. I have visions of me standing in stadiums, talking to tens of thousands of people, sharing a message. I never knew what that message was. I didn't understand. I just knew that I was meant to be sharing a message. And it wasn't until that moment that I realized that life is far too short to not be living to our full potential, that I connected with this message. I connected with this mission and vision that now I know what I'm put on this planet to do. So I was inspired from within at, at that moment. And I was like, okay, so if this is what you want to do, what's stopping you? You know, and the question, why not you? Well, that's where the story comes up, right? The, oh, who wants to listen to me? You know, I'm still relatively young. You know, I'm not 50 years old and I'm not Tony Robbins and I'm not this motivational person. I'm not this, etc. You know, what gives me the right to be able to stand up and try and motivate someone to, to move forward and, you know, create momentum in their life? And all of those stories come up. Once I push that aside, I realize that, hey, I can do this. I can get up. I can do this. I know I can do this. And then the question of why not now, you know, don't wait another month. Don't wait for next year, Brett. Don't wait until you, you build your franchise to a thousand locations or don't wait until you've helped a million people first before you actually go out there and stand up and say, you know what, this is who I am. This is what I stand for and this is what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life. And that's where the right now came into it. You know, right now, start taking action steps right now towards moving towards the life that you truly want to live. And that's where the, the topic right now, why not you and why not now come from? And the book itself is a practical framework to help people discover and uncover what it is they truly want to do, where they're truly at right now, and create a plan moving forward. So we can talk more about the book itself, but that's that's where that's where this thing was born. And that that's such an incredible story. I mean, we have a little bit in common. My my sister in law passed away of breast cancer um, about ten years ago. And uh, I have a really similar story, but I remember walking into her. I had gone on vacation for about 10 days. And when I came back and walked into her room and saw her, she was like literally days away from dying. And I don't think that for, I mean, you want to hope that not everyone has to go through that difficult moment to look within. But it seems to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, that most people don't make that significant change or shift or whatever that is inside you until there's something until they face something difficult mm. it's a very it's a very rare thing to find someone who becomes that intrinsically motivated inspired from within to actually go out there and start fulfilling before something like that happens you know i remember my mother used to say oh don't touch that electric fence i'm like what do you mean <laughs> okay shit i ain't touching that thing again <laughs> Right. Don't eat that. You won't like it. It's hot or, you know, yeah. 
oh, that's hot. Why didn't you, you know, we, <laughs> unfortunately, you know, for the majority of human beings, we need to experience something yeah. that's so significant that shifts you. Yeah. And for me, I don't think there's any more significance than death. Right. And, you know, I mean, let me put this into perspective. When I was at high school, we had three students, three friends in my year died, right, in the one year. Yeah. You would think that would be significant enough to really spark the light within inside of us to go, whoa, that could have been any of us. But it gets passed off, you know, it's like, oh, she's lucky it's not me. Carry on with life. But I think it's not until you get to a certain level of maturity and a level of emotional intelligence that these things start to have that critical impact on you. And for me, I know that that is a factor and a reality. But if I can just shine the light onto people and just give them that next level of awareness, that next level of knowing and understanding that, hey, this is real, man, this is real. You know, we get one shot at it. Start living every single day with intention, you know. Turn up as that person that you truly want to be turning up as, the person that you want to, from a 30,000-degree view, looking down at you. Are you proud of that person? Are you proud of how you just talk to that, to your employee or your wife or your child? You know, start really living with some purpose. So what what I've seen in my, I got a few years on you, but what I've seen in my lifetime is people always think they have time, right? It's like, okay, well, uh, like for me, my children are, have now moved out, so I'm empty nester. And I think for a lot of time I thought, oh, well, when my kids are grown or, you know, when my kids get into school or when my kids get out of school or when they, mm -hmm. like, I, I kept thinking, oh, I'll have time to do that. And then now in the last year, my boys have gone off to be men and, and, and do their life. And then you're standing around looking around like, okay, well, now what? <laughs> you know, yep. now what is that next chapter of your life? And I know that in the real estate industry, for example, it has a tendency to attract mostly women, not all women, but mostly women who've decided that they wanted to do this because now their children are at a certain age. But for many, they're still kind of stuck in that rut thinking, mm. well, I'll just do this until something better comes along or I'll, I'll work on this project and someday I'll have the time. And tragically, mm -hmm. like your friend's wife and many others, time passes by way too quickly. Mm -hmm. Oh, it does. It, it's the reality smack that sometimes we need. And I mean, um, you know, we talk about our friend Jeff. You know, he wrote the forward of the book. One of the biggest things he says, he goes, Brett, Brett won't let you get away with it. You know, I don't. And the only reason is because I let myself get away with it for so long, right? I mean, I was building a business. What I was doing was I was chasing opportunities. I wasn't building opportunities. Massive, significant difference there. You know, the franchise, the, the supplement brand, the <laughs> so many things, the education department that we created. So many things came out of just, oh, the opportunity is there. I should go ahead and execute on it. And it wasn't because one of the biggest things that we must ask ourselves is what actually happens if this thing that you're doing right now really starts to take off? Like what happens? And I had a chat with a friend of mine where <clears throat> he was in a certain industry. He was coaching a certain specific people and, I, and it wasn't really, you know, it just wasn't firing for him. And I said to him, let's stop for a minute. <clears throat> You're telling me that you want to go and do X, Y, Z, which is completely different to what he was currently doing. And I said, what would happen to you right now if this business venture that you're trying to get off the ground actually started working? And then he stopped. He's like, I said, what would you do if you had 100 clients there that you had to serve? Is that going to get you closer towards your dreams or is that going to delay your dreams even further? And it was that light bulb moment for me. He's like, holy shit. Yeah. Well, wait on. One. I need to put that to rest because what happens is <clears throat> sometimes as entrepreneurs and people who are, you know, inspired to just go out there and create, you know, we're creators. Yeah. We can fall into a lot of things and realize five years later that you're like, oh my gosh, why do I even go down this path? This is, and, and you know, like most people know right now, you just need to ask yourself, is that thing that you're doing right now the thing that you want to do for free for the rest of your life? If it's not, then we need to come back and have a look at that. And then all the stories come in, oh, but how do I get paid for that? Look, I could t I could sh 
tell you or share with you how to turn stamp collecting into a very profitable business. There's there's always ways to monetize anything, right, right. okay? But make sure the path that you're walking down right now is a path that you don't want to get 20Ks down and have to do a U-turn and go, damn it, I knew that from the start, but I just kept walking just in case, you know. You know, that's such a good point because I'm going to take it back a little bit to the real estate world. And in the real estate industry, uh, the majority of salespeople are always chest chasing leads, so to speak. They're always trying to get people to buy or sell through them, right? So they're always like chasing, chasing, trying to find these leads. And they're working 24-7 because they're afraid they're going to miss the one call that somebody who wanted to buy a house today, and if they miss mm. that call, they're not going to be able to sell that house. And so consequently, they end up having this... 24-7 life. I mean, a lot of real estate agents even advertise that. I'm available 24-7. Call me, text me, you know, mm. Facebook me anytime. And so then they don't have any of that that balance in there because they're so afraid of losing that one sale. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with that too. They, they're afraid that they're going to miss an email or miss a call or miss an opportunity that could be whatever they are hoping for. Yeah. But just remember, when you're saying yes to something, you're saying no to something else. Okay, that is crucial. So, for example, in the fitness space, when I was, you know, coaching and teaching um, personal trainers on how to run their, set up their business, <clears throat> one of the biggest things I'd say, and then we actually talk about this in the book, it's the second phase, which is what we call design. All right, so the first phase is discover, like uncovering what it is you truly want to do. Design is, let's start to design the life that you want. So for an example, let's use real estate. Let's tie it back into this for a minute. Um, and same thing with personal trainer. Anyone who's got a business, right, is what hours do you actually really want to be working? Yeah. Like, what are your ideal hours? Take away the fact that a client might come to you at 6 p.m. at night on a Friday. Take away that. Let me ask you, do you really, like in your ideal life, if you had a magic wand and I could go, here you go, here's your ideal life, do you want to be answering your phone at 9 p.m. on a Friday night? No. To someone who's a prospect? No. Okay, so we established that. So now what you need to do is you, and and again, there's a lot more to this, but to, to really hammer this point home, it's like you identify what it is that you'd really like to be doing and then identify all the incongruences that are actually happening. So for example, when I moved from New Zealand to Australia, right? As a cabinet maker, I'd be doing 50, 60 hours a week, right? In a cold, dusty factory. I said to myself from, from day number one, I said, you know what? How cool would it be to, to have three day weekends? I was like, okay, I'm not training clients on a Friday. Right. Right. So I didn't train clients on a Friday, but guess what happened? I had all the intentions in the world. And then a client wanted to sign up with me and they wanted to train every single morning of the week. I'm like, oh. And all I seen was, you know, the $120 the hour yeah. there on the Friday. I was like, oh, but I could do with that. I can, you know, so I can relate with everyone here. Yeah. I can relate with that that type of thing. Because sometimes you've got to do that. Right. Sometimes you've got to take the client at 9 p.m. on a Friday afternoon if that's your only client right now. However, I want to challenge that thought process now by, because when you are saying yes to something, you're saying no to something else. Always remember that. So I just um, went with an, a client that I'm working with right now, established that he doesn't want to work Fridays. So his, his entire calendar is booked off on Fridays. And it, it's because that's what he truly wants to be doing, right? Now, I understand for, for some people, they, you know, like there's always going to be a reason or an excuse to do something. You know, the design phase in, in anyone's life is to start intentionally looking at what you would truly like and then one step at a time start bringing back the congruencies of that because you know when i actually created this this framework i actually had 174 days off oh my and people go wow how did you do that i'll tell you how all i did was got our lifestyle planner and i marked off the days because i said you know what this year is going to be about me I want to go and play golf again. I want to get back on the golf course. So I took every Monday and Friday off. Yes, people can go, oh, yeah, but you probably had the money to support that. Yes, I did. However, we still had needed to bring in income. So what, what happened? Well, I just worked harder. I doubled down on the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, right? Sometimes I might have worked Sunday afternoon, whatever it is. But you just need to start creating the plan that you really want to be living by and then creating the frameworks, the strategies, that you need to, to be able to go and execute that.
you know, because if you are out there and you're being a yes man to everything, to everyone, those perfect opportunities. And I know you, you've probably got dozens of stories of this where you've said no to something and then all of a sudden something else pops up. You're like, whoa, that's even better. Oh, totally. Right? The amount of times I've sacked the bad client and then the dream client comes along, you're like, whoa, where have you been? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I haven't been able to come into your world because you've been too busy utilizing your time and energy with this, right? So you got to make the space for it, right? Correct. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I, I hear people say that all the time. Well, I don't have the time. I don't have the time. But here's the funny thing. We'll take it back to vacation where we were talking about going to vacation in New Zealand. If you have a vacation planned and you're leaving on Friday, it's amazing how much stuff you get done in those few days before you mm. go on vacation, right? Like you got mm -hmm. everything dialed and planned. You got somebody to take care of your dogs and water your plants and you got somebody to take over your email. Like it's amazing how much you can cram into a short period of time when you want it bad enough. That's right. Yeah. And that's what it is. It's not until the pain gets bad enough or the desire is far outweighs the pain that you actually start to create the momentum needed. And so tell us a little bit more about this book because now I'm really excited to read it. I can't wait for it to get here. So I, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to order the Kindle version or something now. But <laughs> Actually, if you continue on your checkout page that you haven't finished, you actually oh, got I it. Know. All you, right. you, can pick, you pick up the audio book and the e-book. So, oh, um, even better. Okay. There you go. But um, look, the, the book's premise, and, and what I like to say is, look, this is not just another self-help book to sit on your shelf, okay? It's it's a plan. It's it's a carefully constructed framework. Everything that I do, whether it's in business or in life now, is I like to work from frameworks. The reason being is because I personally am able to understand it a lot easier. And I know the person being educated can understand it a lot easier. So it's not just a book full of philosophy and motivational things to get you inspired externally this is a process that can step you through step by step to get you inspired internally because that's what's more important okay extrinsic motivation is great we all need it it's part of you know it's part of the the levels of emotional intelligence we need motivation but the true power the true fulfillment starts to come when you can internally motivate yourself so i've broken the book down into four parts there's the discover, design, develop, and deliver, which equals ultimately your destiny. And each of those parts have significant questions, um, exercises, things for you to start thinking about, things for you to start thinking about your thinking about through each. And it's one of those things that if you're just a skim reader and you just want to skim read it, don't don't worry, don't waste your time. Okay, but if you want significant change, I guarantee you that going through this, answering the questions, and I can say that because I've taken hundreds and hundreds of people so far through this personally, this framework. You know, we just run our Unleash Your Greatness um, Bali Escape over in Bali. We took a group of people over there um, in September, and we, we did it an immersion experience on this framework. And people are messaging me and sharing, you know, the amazing breakthroughs they're already having because it's something that doesn't just leave you hanging with, oh, okay, now how do I go and do it? But it shows you how you can actually go out there and execute. You know, in the develop phase, which is one of my favorite, because um, this is probably where I had most significant changes, there's four areas we must develop as human beings. There's our physiology, our psychology, our personal knowledge, and our productivity. Okay, so our physiology is the vessel that we have, right? So many of us neglect this vessel. Right. I'm in the health and wellness industry. I'm the first to put up my hand. I still do not treat my body the way that it 100% should be treated all the time. Right? I'm human. We're human. Right. But we must understand that. You know, Two of the biggest questions that we get in the health and wellness industry is how do I lose fat and how do I build muscle? The two, in question, the two questions that we discuss in the book right, is how do I live longer and how do I live a greater quality of life? Because that's the most important thing. The vessel we have, you know, we talk about there's this concept now of human longevity, right? We are living in an exponential growth curve where the, the average life of the human population is expected you know, to be 130, 140 plus. I just saw so some guy on, on I, I don't even know if it's real, supposedly lives, he's 146 years old. Yeah, I don't know. Probably don't know. is someone, there could be. 
but the reality with technology and everything that's coming right now with genetic genomes and stem cells and all of these things, <clears throat> if you're not looking after your body now, you're going to miss out on you know an extra 10, 20 years of quality quality life with your friends, with your family, with people. You know, you're going to miss seeing your great. Imagine, imagine seeing your great great grandchildren grow up. That's going to be possible. Yeah. Right. But the physiology is one part. The psychology is the other. Equally as important. It's you know, the, the, the person you are, who are you at your core? You know, what is it that you stand for? How do you show up? You know, th those are so significant things that we look at from a psychological component. You know, and we really, by the end of this book, you'll know exactly who you are, you'll know exactly what you stand for, and you'll know how to go out there and execute on that. And don't you think, too, that people, how they show up in one area is frequently how they show up in other areas, even though it might not be as obvious, right? Like, if you're inconsistent in one area, like maybe it's you're inconsistent in your health and fitness, but you're you think you're more consistent in other areas, but you're really not. It, it, it's that That's my perception. I'm not sure if that's making sense to you, but. I, I think um, there's, there are similar parallels, <clears throat> you know, the, the old sayings of how you do one thing is how you do everything. Um, I tend to disagree with that slightly because I think once you truly find the thing that you're extremely passionate about um, and that thing that you do for free for the rest of your life, um, you know, we talk about values as a whole, you know, and, and we, we look at that and we go, okay, well, where are you spending more time right now? You know, no one has this equal balance, you know, that there's those exercises, the wheel of life, all of those things, right, where, you know, you go, okay, where are you on this level, et cetera, et cetera, and people go, oh, I'm at a three on health, but um, I'm a eight in business, right? So just because you execute poorly on getting up, going to the gym, it doesn't mean you're executing poorly in the other areas. So it's 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 a fine line, I think, with that. Um, and the more and more I study and learn and, and you know work with people, the more I identify the clear difference in that. What happens is the universe, at the core of it all, all it is trying to do is bring back equilibrium. That's it, right? That's all it's trying to do. So if you're way up in the scale in one area, probably more than likely you're going to be way down in another mm. right that's very true and if you're average in one area you're probably going to be average in, in a lot of areas yeah so the universe just tries to equal it out look at relationships yeah I mean relationships is the biggest pinpointer there yeah me and my, me and my wife right I love my wife to pieces I have the drive of a NASCAR <laughs> right she doesn't have the drive of a NASCAR I don't want her to have a drive of a NASCAR because we'd be crashing. Right, <laughs> right. right. So every, everyone has the purpose and everything's playing its part, bringing us back to equilibrium. So if you look at how the world and everything's created, whatever your beliefs around that, we're just atoms, we're molecules, we're vibrations. Energy. And the, vibra yeah. and the vibrations are just trying to equal itself out. So you talked about physiology and what were the other three again? Psychology psychology personal knowledge so mm -hmm. the knowledge that you now need to go and accumulate in order for you to go and achieve what it is that you want to achieve you know like how do you learn i talk about the apprenticeship method you know the apprentice some things that i learned um throughout my apprenticeship to you know i was the um have we got, if we got time i'll happily yeah share we got story. a few more minutes yeah cool yeah that's so cool. from personal knowledge it's all about understanding that we are all apprentices doesn't matter what hierarchical level you are, whether you're a CEO of a major company right now or not, we still need to adapt the apprenticeship learning method. So when I started as a cabinet maker, I remember being walked into the factory by the boss and he goes, all right, this is the factory. And I asked him, who's the best cabinet maker in this factory? Who's the best? And he pointed down the back corner and he goes, there's a guy called Baz. I said, okay, cool, Baz. I said, I'm going to go and learn from Baz. He goes, oh, no, nah, don't do that. Baz doesn't like apprentices. I'm like, oh. And he goes, go and work over there. Go work with George. He, he's, you know, he's probably second, third best, whatever. He'll, he'll happily teach you. I'm like, well, I don't want to learn from the second best because my intention at that stage was I want to be the best. I wanted to right. be the best that, the best that I could possibly be, and that's an important distinction. I know as a young kid growing up, it looked like I just wanted to be the best at everything, but what it was was I just wanted to push myself to those next levels. So, 
as an apprentice, you have the t you know your basically your job is broom technician, sweep up the sawdust, pick up the pieces of timber behind the tradesman, and make sure there was a clean working environment. Okay. Who do you think had the cleanest working environment in the entire factory? Well, I would hope it'd be you. No, it'd be Baz. Oh, because he's number one. I get it. Okay. No, because I cleaned it up. Oh, even though he didn't want to have an apprentice. Step one, I served, I gave, I delivered. I made sure his place was so tidy that he'd get probably get, it got to a point where he'd get pissed off with me and say, just stop sweeping the floor. Yeah, stop, <laughs> just get away from me for a minute. Um, but I knew, right, success leaves clues. I was, I was wanting to be around the person that I knew could help me become the best I could be. And um, so I'd watch Baz, I'd watch him do the trade, I'd watch him, you know, build kitchens and build cabinets. And, um, you know, every day I'd ask Baz, I'd say, hey, Baz, do you have anything for me to do? The apprentices started on building the drawers, you know, so the drawers for the kitchen. They didn't get no big cabinets. It was like the square boxes. Right. And I'd ask him every day, I'd say, Baz, have you got any drawers for me to do? He goes, no. I said, Baz, you got any drawers for me to do? He goes, no. Baz, you got any drawers for me to do? He goes, if you ask me one more time, I'm going <laughs> to flip it, right? <laughs> And um, a few expletives. And I was like, okay, cool. And uh, one day I heard my name yelled out. I was like, Brett. I'm like, oh, geez, what have I done? And it was Baz. And he goes, pointed to a trolley. He goes, there you go. There's about 20 drawers there. Go over, go ahead and make them. Don't stuff it up because it'll be the last time. And he goes, do you reckon you could do it? I said, yeah, definitely. I know I can do it. And away I went. I took the trolley, start building these drawers. Three, four hours later, I push the trolley back and show him the drawers. He picks it up and he's like, looking, feeling to see if the edges are all flush, all lined up. And he looks at them and he looks back at me and goes, that's a, that's a great job. Well done. He goes, how'd you know how to do that? I said, mate, amongst sweeping the floors, cleaning up everyone's shit, doing everything everyone would ask, in the spare downtime that I had, I was out there sitting in the skip in the bin with a battery drill and screws and I was screwing scrap pieces of timber together. I was lining them up. I was making sure they were flush. What I was doing was I was getting ready for my time. I was getting ready for game day because I knew that day when that day came where someone would give me their drawer, I would make sure that it was the best drawer that this bloody cat, this entire factory has ever seen. And he goes, wow, he goes, shit, that's pretty good. He goes, do you reckon you can go and do that? pointed to another trolley and it was a cabinet I was like yeah I got that I got the cabinet I can do that took the cabinet started working on it my boss actually came out of the factory he goes what the are you doing because again I wasn't supposed to be on the tool so I was supposed to be broom boy and uh, I said to him oh Baz <laughs> Baz let me I'm making Baz's kitchen I think the boss almost had a heart attack right you know um, <laughs> and and he went over and started talking to Baz and here I was away drilling on the drilling on the tools and yeah you know, i was the first um apprentice in in the factory's history to be signed off their apprenticeship a year early wow. you know that 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 didn't happen that wasn't yeah. how it worked i changed the entire paradigm of what the apprenticeship model was like but i did it because i was there in the back end i was working hard i was learning right i was preparing for game day and i think there's there's a massive lesson and i share this and tie it back into the the actual process of how we can be prepared for game day. So for me right now, I've done over 300 hours of podcasts. Right, actually, we're probably closer to 400 now. I think I've done about 25 in the last week. Um, <laughs> but the reason why I'm doing that, you know, the reason why I started my first podcast was not so I could, like the not, the intention was not so I could get information out to people. It was so I could hone my craft and become the communicator that I need to be to be able to get this message out. So when that person rings me up or I get an email and says, Brett, we need you to come and speak at this conference. There's 25,000 people. I'm going to be there. I'll be there tomorrow because I'm ready. You know, I think that that is probably one of the most valuable lessons that I've heard in a while because 
Um, my brother says it best in that he says everyone wants to go to heaven, but no one wants to die, right? So they all want the results, but they don't want to put the work in mm -hmm. that is required. And I don't think that's, I'm sure that I know that's prevalent everywhere, but most definitely in the real estate industry, it's prevalent because everyone wants to go out there and be this, you know, top gun, top producer and sell a hundred homes a year. But there's literally hundreds of hours or like Malcolm Gladwell says in the outliers 10,000 hours that when you watch somebody who's really successful they've put in 10,000 hours before they popped up above the radar right so maybe nobody's known you for however many years because you've been sweeping the broom you know you've been cleaning up the messes and doing all the work behind the scenes and at some point all of that knowledge and experience comes to light and the rest of the world gets to see that. And I share that story because there's so many, again, micro lessons that we can draw from all of that. And I continually draw from it, um, you know, is the sense that I didn't sit there and wait to listen to the standard societal norms on how this should be, right? I mean, we're going back into a, into a, into an era where the, the apprentice was just basically a bag of shit and the mm -hmm. tradesmen would get all the, the credit. I was like, well, I didn't like that. I didn't want that. And I knew I was better than most of them. And what happens though, and this is the thing, it's not just the fact that I got signed off my apprenticeship a year early, you say 10,000 hours, that's, you know, an apprenticeship is, you know, four years, 10,000 hours. I got signed off on, you know, just, uh, just over three years, but it wasn't just being signed off. I got a pay rise which was double what I was earning as an apprentice. I went straight to a tradesman rate, but then I also got an opportunity to go and start a brand new component of the business and lead the whole, lead the entire team. So I didn't have that intention with inside of me. My goal at the time was just to earn the same money as a tradesman. That's all I wanted. Cause I was like, well, I'm doing this job. I think I should be equally paid. It's the byproducts and the other things that we don't see in the moment that really start to create that extra level of momentum. Right, it's like for us, for example, us having this conversation right now is a lot of people when they're on interviews, they're looking at this going, okay, cool. I'm just talking me and you, which we are. But my mind, I'm going, okay, hold on a minute. You must bring your best game here, bro. You must bring the A game, the 10.0 version of you because there could be someone listening to the show. Even if you have three listeners, right? Let's say you had three listeners, but one of those listeners was like, wow, whatever that dude's on, we need to get us some and we're going to put, you know, <laughs> we want them to come speak, right. whatever the case, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm ready for that. And it comes back again, just being aware of that and making sure that you are showing up as the person that you want to be showing up as. You know, it's amazing to me that more people don't think that way because even crazy as it seems how you and I connected is so years ago I went to a Joe Polish event um, Joe Polish and I've known Dean Jackson for 20 years he's a friend of mine because he's in the real estate industry so mm -hmm. I followed him and Joe to an event and I met Jeff Moore at that event and him and I just hit it off and he's such a personable guy anyway I mean mm -hmm. you cannot not love Jeff he's like one of one of the best people around and a couple weeks later, I get home and he had sent me this whole box of food and fish and, uh -huh. you know, stuff from his company. And he's just such an inspiring guy. And so then randomly last week, I was, I'm in his Facebook group and I saw you post something about your book coming out. I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, so how random is all of that? Mm. We're clear around the world from each other. Mm. And so you never know, you're right. You never know who's listening. You never know who you're talking to. And you've yeah. got to show up and be the best that you can possibly be whenever you have the opportunity. When, when I put the intention out that I want to become what I would call a full-time speaker, where I'll speak around the world, I'll speak at events, you know, I'll come and do keynotes. When I actually, because I was in the building of business stage, right? I was just building, but I was in the business. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that there's so many people out there who need to know what I know, right? All ego aside, I, I, I have learned a lot about building and marketing and creating awareness around your business and brand. And I was like, man, there's so many, there's people who need to know this stuff. So now I intentionally put it out there and say, look, I'm t I am now on the market to help and teach and serve in these areas. So I did that. I had the intention. I'm like, you know what? I want to start speaking. 
and this was last year and um, when I said start speaking I want to speak more right I want to be invited to other people's stages I want to start sharing the messages that that I have to share and I asked one I asked several friends I put it out there I said hey look if you know anyone looking for a speaker you think that I'd be able to serve their audience um, I won't let you down I'd love a referral the week after I get a phone call from someone said hey I've got an opportunity for you if you want to go speak in Sydney to, um, on Friday which was like two days away <laughs> um, which is you know an airplane ride away and I said I will be there I stepped up that speaking that one speaking gig that I went to has now produced at least another 15 speaking gigs and hundreds of thousands of dollars of revenue Wow. Now, that never would have happened, though, and this is the important part. That never would have happened if I didn't set the intention. The intention to go, you know what? I want. I need your help. I want your help. And when you connect with, and, and this is why people don't ask for help. I'll tell you why. People don't ask for help because they don't believe in themselves or what they're really doing. So true. I, I believe so wholeheartedly in exactly what I'm doing that I'd stand on Oprah Winfrey's couch, jump up and down and say, I know something <laughs> that I want to share with you. That's how wholeheartedly I believe in it. Yeah. And if you're not getting the success or the results you're wanting in your business or your life, it's because you don't believe in it just yet. And if you don't believe in it, you need to ask yourself, is this the thing that I should be doing right now? Because that's what you really need to pay attention to. So it takes it all the way back, right? Like what would you be doing for free? And, uh, you know, I'm sure for you, if, if you had the opportunity, you, well, you've already done it. You've spoken for free in many opportunities yeah. because that's what you and like I to still do, do. To that tell. And, yeah. and I still do. That's the thing. Yeah. You know, because I know that th great things can come from it. You know, the other day I got another phone call. Hey, can you come down to Sydney? I'm like, cool. I'll jump on a plane. Two days later, I'm speaking again. Yeah. You know, from that, I've already been, you know, a lot of opportunities already come from it. And it's not doing something knowing or hoping or expecting something in return. It's that whole thing of the law of reciprocity. Yeah. You know, knowing that if you can serve, well, I know for a fact, you know, again, I want, I want to make sure that people don't think there's this massive ego floating around my head. But I know for a fact someone who listens to this will actually reach out to me on Facebook and send me a message and say, hey, whatever you said about this, it resonated with me. Thank you. Because I get that all the time. Right. Because I know that there's that person listening right now who's continued from the start who's like, yeah, okay, I, I need to know something more about this. Or I just want to thank this person for serving. So as we wrap up today, I want to talk a little bit about gratitude because I know we touched on that at the very beginning. So w give us your thoughts on gratitude and, and how mm. that has impacted your life. Well, first thing, I think gratitude can be a throwaway line. I just want to put the spotlight on that you know like um, there's a difference of gratitude and then actually well there's a difference of expressing gratitude and there's a difference of feeling gratitude okay very very important I actually talk about one method in the book it's called the 10x gratitude 10 by 10 gratitude method and it's something that I do every single day and it's ingrained in me now habitually at the time at the start it was hard you know I missed certain days because I just forgot Right. right, but it's like anything, create the habit, just law of repetition. Um, and what do I do? The, the, the last thing that I do before I go to bed now is I'll be laying there, lights off. I will think of 10 things that I was grateful for throughout the day. 10 things. And I won't just think about it. I won't just go, oh, I'm grateful for my MacBook Pro. I'll go, I'm so grateful for my MacBook Pro that allows me to be able to have the Skype message today with Marguerite to share with her audience, to help and possibly inspire someone who's listening there today. That is how you feel gratitude, right? It's the I'm next level. I'm thankful for Facebook every single day. Not just, oh, I'm thankful for Facebook because I can get my message out there. It's like, I'm thankful for Facebook, that, and I go deeper and I, I, I go as deep as I need to go until I feel it. You know when you felt it. Yes. Right? When people go, oh, I'm so grateful for you, thanks. That's that's not felt. That's just words, yeah. right? It's just like saying you're going to die tomorrow. Okay, yeah, cool. It's not until <laughs> yeah. it, it's not until you actually feel it, right? Right? Feeling is so powerful. So gratitude to me, I think, there's when you're in a state of gratitude, there is nothing more powerful, I think, that you could ever experience, because you can't be 
you know, the, the opposite of gratitude, right? You, you can't feel sad. You can't feel down. You can't feel angry when yeah, you're in so a grateful true. state. And we need to practice the art of feeling gratitude, not just saying it or you know, expressing it. We need to really feel it because that is when it will sink in. That is so true. And, you know, so it's going to just sound like words now, but I'm truly grateful for this conversation today. Really, I can feel it because I had no idea where it was going to go, right? I hadn't even gotten to read your book yet. So I was mm -hmm. like, oh, well, I'm, I'm curious to get to know this guy a little bit. And I'm, I'm really, first of all, grateful and impressed and inspired by a lot of what you said and I can't wait to get your book I got to finish the the shopping cart so I can get the audio and the and the 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 ebook mm -hmm. but you're definitely making some changes in the world and it's necessary change right it's so necessary I think there's nothing more important than than living to your full potential I, I mean unless anyone else knows anything I'd like to hear about it but I, I just truly don't think there is because this is what we need to realize and this is what I started to realize. I was trapped in what I call the roadblock of life is okay. Life was going great. You know, I, I, I wasn't, you know, w working week to week. You know, I was serving thousands and hundreds of thousands of people. You know, I was healthy. Everything's good. But just because it's good, it doesn't mean you should. Good one. Okay. Very, very important. And if you can sit there and you're listening to this right now and you can answer the question going, are you truly living to your full potential? Are you being that person that your children would look to and go, wow, I'm inspired by that. That is amazing. Every single day, I try and be inspiring so my, my friends, my family members, my brother, my sister, my wife will look at me and go, wow, you're inspiring. Because that's who I've identified, that's who I want to be, right? Because this is what I know is, Yes, I get inspired as well by that. There's a sort of a bit of a selfish thing in there as well, right? When you see yourself serving other people and you can see them light up in front of you, I mean, there's nothing more Feels great. powerful that's just beautiful. Um, however, I know that by me helping someone else, like you right now, you're going to go out there and the next hour, the next, next 30 minutes of your life right now, you're going to be inspired to go and do something greater than what you would have been, even though you're already a motivated person, right? Right? So that's that whole thing again of being able to not only would I be letting myself down by not being the best version of Brett, I'd be letting you down and ultimately letting the people that you're going to go and have an effect on down as well. So it's, it's more than the just us. Effect. So once you can realize that, that it's, it's, it's this higher level of contribution that we're really doing this thing for. So important, the ripple effect. I mean, it, it's amazing where life takes you and who you're going to connect to. You just never know. That's never been more prevalent than it is in Facebook. You know, when you connect with people, like I said, connecting with somebody clear around the world, like that never would have been a possibility years ago in the same capacity. No, so not at all. it's amazing. It's amazing. Mm. Well, Brett, I have to tell you, this has been an incredible conversation and I'm really excited. We'll definitely be posting links to your book. People can check it out right now if they want to it. BrettCampbell.net, right? Is your BRTT, yep. two T's, BrettCampbell.net. Forward slash and book. Forward slash book. And go yep. check out the book called Right Now. Let's see it again. Post, push, put it up there. Let's see it. There you go. Right now. Why not you and why not now? So by Brett Campbell and a great forward by Jeff Moore. So thank you so much for joining us today. It's definitely on my list to come uh, see you somehow over there in, in Australia. So Excellent. thank you very much for your time. It's my pleasure and uh, thank you very much for letting me do what uh, I know I'm meant to be doing on this planet and to be able to share with you, share with your audience and you know what you're doing is an amazing thing as well. Just know that um, you know, you're having a major impact on many people's lives as well so don't ever forget that. Thank you. Thank so you. thank you again for joining us and thank you everybody who's listening to The Real Estate Real World. Be sure to go check it out on iTunes and subscribe to us and we love, love, love reviews and be sure to check out Brett's book. We'll have a link to it and on in the show notes and over on our website at realestaterealworld.com. Be sure to go out there and show us your best stuff. I can't wait to read your book, Brett. Thanks again for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on Real Estate Real World, where we talk with masters and leaders in real estate and beyond on how we can raise the bar in our industry. 
please subscribe over on iTunes. And while you're there, be sure to give us a review. Your reviews encourage us and help others find our podcast. For show notes and hot topics on what's going on right now in our real estate industry, hop on over to www.realestaterealworld.com and add your name to our email. Thanks again for listening. And go out there. Be a part of the elite masterclass in raising the bar on the real estate industry.